So last week I was at the grocery store and this guy smiled at me and I was like, I don't know that guy. Why are you smiling at me, guy? Stop smiling at me. And I was like, oh, he's kind of cute. He looks like a hotter version of Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> and in order to my process my feelings about meeting this hot Daniel Radcliffe, I wrote a song to um, this, this like, guitar riff that my friend Charlene made and it's called um, Hot Daniel Radcliffe. And then I found out he runs in some of the same circles as I do. And I feel like a total creep and I can't ever talk to him. I don't know his name. It's fine. <laughs> I just love that you talked about something very specific in the cereal aisle. <laughs> it was so good. You were standing there giving me a smile. I didn't know your face as you walked into the cereal aisle. Standing there looking like Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe, but so much hotter. <laughs> I love you so, love you so much. <laughs> never, never leave me. Oh my God. Always say in my life, please. The, that's just like so bad. But oh also, he exists yep. in, in real life and he is not Penn Badgley and it is weird. I don't know how to feel about my feelings about thinking someone besides Penn Badgley is cute. I think that's like my Twitter bio where I don't know how I feel about my feelings. Because <laughs> I don't ever. I'm just so confused. Like, what I don't are know. feelings? What are feelings? How you process these? They're strange. <laughs> and who are we? That's a secret we'll never tell. You know you love us. XOXO. Good morning, Upper East Siders. Give me your vote for Manhattan's loneliest boy. And then just blast a lonely boy. Yeah. <laughs> I love that being. Dan is like such a lonely boy. You know what? I think I realized I'm a lonely boy also. I would also make up an entire thing just to get someone to like me. I mean, look at this podcast and Ben Badgley and certain other things that I may have written. Lawn cons. Long cons are so great. They're so great and apt. Oh, man. So. Episode four. Episode four, season one. I am excited about this episode. It's called Bad News Blair. Bad News Blair. The Netflix description is, Blair is thrilled when her mother chooses her to be the new face of her clothing line. Accurate. Very good. Good Mm -hmm. job, Netflix. So we start this episode in one of many dream sequences of Blair. Blair is dressed up as Audrey Hepburn. In Breakfast at Tiffany's. And she's wearing the, the black uh, Givenchy dress, very similar to her, and eating. And wearing, like, a tiara and has pearls, and she walks past Tiffany's. And, and in the window, display window, it is Serena. Having breakfast! With at Tiffany's! At Tiffany's! Not like the book or the movie, but she is um, eating and laughing and being the center of attention. With Blair's minions. And Blair's like, but this is my movie. This is my dream. I am a star in my own dream. And she wakes up in a huff and confused and delusioned and not really sure what's going on. And she hears the laughter of Serena (laughs) downstairs. And so we walk downstairs, down from the penthouse, and who do we see? Not not just Serena, but... New Eleanor! New Eleanor Wardorf! Hey, you're up. Do we have plans? Darling, it is impolite to interrupt. I was just telling Serena that Bendel's is interested in carrying my line. Really? Oh, that's fantastic! Why didn't you say something? I came back from Paris early to put together my lookbook, and if they like what they see... 
It could be the beginning of an entire lifestyle collection. Because more people should be like you, Mother. But before you tuck into that, you might find a low-fat yogurt more appealing. So Eleanor was a different casting choice in the first episode, and now she is a great casting choice in Best episode Best casting four. choice. It's, Thank God they changed her. She is so perfect, Eleanor. Yeah. She is now in appropriate age to be Blair's mother mm-hmm. also, and like she looks so much more like Blair and like has so much more personality than the first casting choice. And has like better s- style. Actually, yeah. it looks like somebody who would design clothes. Yeah. Like she's supposed to be a fashion designer exactly eleanor war eleanor Wardorf's designs um and so. it's it's just so great and i was so happy and she's a great character actor yet another character who was on an svu episode um dang there's a lot of crossovers <laughs> new york casting new york ca- svu yeah new york casting they use Law the same Order, colon gossip girl Ooh, or gossip girl colon svu yeah. anyway that there's potential there, um, but they have they run the same casting circles. Yeah. Regardless, it was really great to see a new mom for Blair, and uh, yeah, so you see Serena talking with Cla- uh, um, Eleanor, and they are laughing and being very um, very happy and joyous, like a mother and daughter would, except for they're not mother and daughter exactly. And so there's this awkwardness. Blair sees Serena, and Serena's they're like, "Hey, you're up," and we're all like, when does the Upper East Side wake up? We still don't know what still time don't know. it is. Also, there's hella food on that table. Yeah, I mean, who prepares that? What time do they wake up to prepare that? Do they order it from somewhere? Poor Dorota. Oh, I feel so bad for Dorota. Dorota's Gossip Girl, by the way. Yeah, she's totally Gossip Girl. Yeah, definitely. I mean, who else would know all these secrets? I know. Dorota knows so much. And she's so good with technology. She's so great. She texts really well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you've got... You got Serena talking with Eleanor and they're laughing and talking about fashion and all this fun stuff. And Blair is just now paying out with Serena in good terms. So I'm sure there's like a weird awkward thing. Like I just like girl, you had like, you know, you know, like there's you, still a kind of like the jealousy that Blair yeah. has of Serena. And it's kind of also compounded with her relationship with her mom. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, you know, Serena's acting like the daughter that I'm supposed to be to my mom. And like, yeah, it's and vice weird. versa. Yeah. And there's also just like that awkwardness because you know you're just back into my life. I'm still trying to navigate what our relationship even yeah. is anymore, and just trying to figure out how that's going to work out. And so um, they're eating breakfast, and Eleanor is telling her to not eat the croissant, eat the parfait instead. And so there's this weird like, you know, Watch dynamic your beauty sleep in dynamic there and you can already like from that moment you can already see like what the relationship is Mm -hmm. as far as like how Blair feels inferior to her mother and how she feels inferior to Serena and she's never really measured up whereas Serena is just like eating whatever she wants and not being uh, not being noticed by Eleanor at all and Eleanor also says to Serena in the worst line of all time most like the most girl moments (laughs) You have such great personal style. Girl. No. No. You do not. You have no, that the is worst a, personal style, maybe. Yeah, it's uh, uh, that's a offense to people with style. Oh, it's so bad. It's so, so bad. bad. Her outfit in this episode is the worst. Not a fan. Yeah. It's just slopped together. It's like, I've got patterns. And like, maybe. And then, and then she threw in some jorts and was like, Ugh. all right, let's do this. So gross. They're like cutoffs too. I'm not sure. Please just stop. No, pers- great personal style. It's like it's not even Eleanor's brand because Eleanor's brand is like regal. Exactly. And like 
fancy and expensive and not like, hey, I got this and I, I made these shorts myself. Right. It's it's very like hers, like DIY and not in a fun way. Yeah. It's more like, I'm just slapping patterns together because I don't know what they mean and how like patterns are not supposed to work together in this way. And I don't know. Am I a fan? Like, I think they were trying to make, they're trying to have Serena be like a bohemian style. And yeah. she just, she just feel it like. Girl. She, she, she wears whatever she's feeling. Exactly. That's what I was going to say that. Yeah. And just like, it's very like. Um, intuitive as yeah. opposed to like being intentional like like Blair it's like it's not even it's not even bohemian bohemian no, bohemian it's just bad yeah it's it not doesn't look great. cute it doesn't yeah. look like it doesn't look fl- what's the word flowy uh mm. like it doesn't look low maintenance either yeah exactly it's, it looks stupid yeah it's not very great yeah. so that's the start of the episode is this weird dynamic between the three, these three women who all very powerful in their own right, but they're not really, but they're all kind of, their relationship is strained yeah, between each other. Cause they like, they still don't know what's going on. Right. And Blair and, and Eleanor haven't been in the same room together in a while. It's been like three weeks since they've been actually interacting with another cause she was in Paris. So it's the first time you actually see Eleanor, um, with her daughter in a while and they're yeah, sharing time. except the first episode in which she was a different person so who even cares about her exactly but even then it was a very late Old eleanor very short period of time they were yeah. together so there's always there's already this weird like rift between it, them it felt like a formal relationship than a mother and daughter relationship mm-hmm. and but also though like i think just the the, the chemistry between the two actors mm-hmm. was way more intuitive believable yeah and yeah. um a little more you know, relaxed opposed to the frigidness that you got from the first episode. It was, it was weird. So good casting and great. Thank you so much casting people. Yeah. Good job. And also just a really interesting, um, snip of their life. Snap, 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 snap shot of their lives Mm -hmm. in the beginning of this episode. And their relationships. So definitely gave a great start to this, um, this whole thing. So you get back to Dan and the Humphrey residence, right? No. Do you? Wait, oh. I don't know. Um, I think it's... Oh, this is the Lost Weekend part. Oh, right. Oh, oh one more thing about um, Eleanor. So you find out that Eleanor is back in America because she has an opportunity to sell her line to Bendel's. Which yes. Is one of the B department stores that I always get confused. There's Bendel's, Barney's, and Bloomingdale's, and they are all interchangeable in my head. But they are all and different. And Bergdorf's. Oh, and Bergdorf's. Fucking Bergdorf's. I think yeah, it was Bergdorf's. Bergdorf's and not Bloomingdale's. Yeah. It doesn't matter. There's, yeah, there's Dale's four Dale's different department stores that start with B. Like, why? No, pick a different <laughs> letter. There's 25 other letters you can pick. You can even pick a number or hashtag. It's fine. <laughs> Hashtags weren't around back then. Oh, my God. Twitter was invented in 2009? No, 2007. 2007 or four. I think it was 2000. No, Facebook was invented in 04. Right. And Twitter I think was, it was 2007. 2007. Yeah. So yeah. it was brand brand new but it was only in like in silicon valley people are using that and it was yeah, also you know not what? gossip girl was loosely based on twitter yeah and also sort um of. fun fact twitter was also well, let's start off as an idea for a podcasting company <gasps> crazy, crazy just like us yep so uh yeah swing that back around to podcasting because i'm a nerd so then we go to um chuck and nate and chuck and nate for some reason are having a lost weekend which Cher explained to me means that they get blackout drunk. And so the events of the weekend are just lost and it's stupid. And then it's a reference to a movie that was in the 19, either thirties or forties, an old movie, but it's about this lost weekend where they have all this, you know, prohibition, you know, um, you know, 
goofy, oh, delightful, goodness. whatever shenanigans. And uh, it's a riff from that kind of movie. I want to do a Lost Weekend where I don't get blackout drunk. I want to do a Lost Weekend where I just like hang out in the house yeah, and sounds fun. Netflix and chill. So this is like every weekend is yeah. a Lost Weekend for us. Yes, absolutely. It's great. <laughs> so during this thing, this like Lost Weekend party that they have, there's like a bunch of people who don't talk or have names in the show, but then this character named Carter Bazin Carter shows Carter Bazin, up. and he's the one who invented the Lost Weekend. Yeah, yeah, according to them, he invented the Lost Weekend. And he is currently in recovery from being a rich kid, and he is wearing some sort of poncho thing that yeah. shows he's a hippie. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like hemp designed. Yeah. And he... Um, renounced his trust fund and like cut himself off from his family. And, and so Chuck says he hates him because he doesn't trust anyone who ch- trades their trust fund for a fanny pack. Which is definitely like a valid fucking thing. Yeah. I'm with, I'm with Chuck on this. I'd rather have a trust fund than a fanny pack. Totally. So I wish I had a trust fund. It's fine. Trust I'm funds. fine. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I don't think I, I, I don't know if I can like finish the show if I like think about like, <laughs> I know. I don't have a trust for these yeah, kids. Yeah. So, so Carter Bazin shows up, and Cher's response was, "I hate rich kids trying to find themselves." <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I do hate rich kids who try to find themselves. It's like, Ugh. you have money. You know who you are. I have You're rich, a rich person. I have rich kid guilt. <laughs> no, get the fuck out of here. Deal with it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I have no tolerance for any of that shit at all. Just get over it. But. So you have Chuck talking about the Lost Weekend and being pissed off that this guy, Carter Basin, is bringing his fun shenanigans to a halt because he's all complaining about, oh, this access is not good for you and blah, blah, uh, blah. Who cares? This is the worst B-plot. It's such a bad, boring B-plot. I don't it has really a point, though. It has a point. It has a end. point, but it's so it's so bad. It gets there. It gets there. And Nate is already susceptible to this, you know, wanting to, to find himself. Needing to find himself because... In the last he, episode, he wanted to go to USC instead of... Um, Dartmouth. And he has all this pressure from his father about marrying Blair and, like, and having this perfect you know, New York lifestyle and pretty much continue the legacy that his father has set out for him and his father's father mm-hmm. and all this Vanderbilt from his mother's side. And there's a lot of weight in that and he doesn't want to have his life decided for him before he actually makes his own decisions so it's very alluring very hypnotizing this plot this um lifestyle that carter has set up for himself but like every other thing in gossip girl has its dark side dark side so in this world this world has a dark side so in a world where everyone has a dark side (laughs) everyone sucks and no one's a good person. Basically. But yeah, so then we go back to Serena and Blair. They are hanging out um, in New York, in Manhattan, chilling, you know, uh, going shopping and chatting and trying to, um, you know, be friends again. Yeah. And um, Serena, um, Serena's walking down the street and a man passes by her and checks her out and Blair makes an offhanded comment like, oh, I forgot what it's like to walk down the street with you. And Serena's like, oh, they're looking at both of us. She's like, no, they're not. They're looking at you. Yeah. And low key, I, eh. I really relate to that so much because I'm really fortunate that I have a lot of beautiful friends, but also I'm always like. Yeah, they're never looking at me. They're always looking at another person. And I sometimes I am completely oblivious to any kind of male attraction, but I totally get that whole like 
you know, kind of um, deflecting that they're not looking at me. They're looking at my friends, yeah. never at me. So Same I, here. yeah, so I definitely related to that quite a bit. I was like, oh, that, that hit me in the gut. It, it, yeah, it's like, it's so true. It it's feels so like that every time true. I'm walking around. I'm like, that person's not looking yeah. at me, except for the Harry Potter person <laughs> at the grocery store. Yeah, it was. A, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But yeah, so it's, it was definitely one of those like moments like, oh man, I totally relate I re- to that. Yeah, and like, it's, it's hard to relate to these characters, but like, sometimes you can. I, yeah, and I relate a lot to the Blair character in that regard just because the i character <laughs> i'm sorry there's so many good puns with her name <laughs> but i um was always kind of like i don't know i i think in my high school years i was a sidekick in my own life <laughs> yeah and uh, i always had like i had a very 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 beautiful best friend and i always felt a little inferior i mean as i got an older i realized that she has her own flaws and that she's and i'm my own person but i remember being feeling that way a lot feeling like my my friend's shadow just because she was just breathtaking yeah so i wonder um, i wonder if it's like a thing that like so like i feel like that about my friends a lot too because like a lot of my friends are like far more successful than me and they're like they have all these things that i want like they're married or in stable stable relationships mm-hmm. and like have fantastic jobs and i'm like hi i can't get anyone to go on past a first date with me this is getting deep but like it, yeah, no, I, I don't it's know, okay like, let's let, let's revel in this yeah, let's get like, deep i like my friends will say things to me like i think it's so cool that you do things like writing and podcasting mm-hmm. and like making all this stuff and i'm like i wonder if it's just like a a perspective thing like because i do all these things my friends do all these different things yeah the grass is like, always greener on the other side yeah. and you know i've had this conversation a lot with friends just about like how you know you see it's so interesting how people see you and how you see yeah. other people and just perspective is such a huge thing. I think especially with friendships, you're like, I'm a, you, you, these people are friends with us for a reason. It's not right. Suck right. And there's awesome. also, it's interesting, like jealousy and friendships are always, it's so, it's it, both sided. It's so like. fluid. Yeah. Because, you know, you can feel jealous about someone's life and you have no idea that they feel jealous about you in their lives. And I don't know, like, the grass is always green on the other side. You never know whether people are feeling or how they are in their own bubble yeah, and Serena's what it looks like. Probably jealous of Blair because Blair's awesome and Serena sucks. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's, I don't know. I just, I think that that little moment says so much about their friendship yeah. and just a really interesting um, like, way of how friendships are. Like and there's, dynamics. there's always jealousy, yeah. but like mm-hmm. it's never, it's not always malicious jealousy. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's bad. just, just it, as superficial exists. as just like someone looking at your other friend and having that kind of insecure nature. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's also bad, like in the, in the fact that like, it's, it's an entire like, um, relationship based on like this, this moment is based on some guy like it's male attention mm-hmm. and he pays attention to Serena and Blair is jealous that a male paid attention to Serena and not to her. And like, it's like, why should she care? But you know, but you it's instinctual. Care. Care. It's weird. It's instinctual because you know, you know, at, at in the, in young age, you're thinking that like a male attention is something of worth. And you put that fucking, you put that male attention in this pedestal. Yeah. And it's so hard to, like break out of that yeah and deconstruct that and it sucks that like you know at such a young age you know you're put into this kind of boxing like male attention male gaze all that is, is the, it's what you should strive it's for. acceptable yeah and, and it's what you should um try to make yourself to be to be what 
the male gaze holds or wants you to be. Exactly. And it's so I watched, fucked up. I watched this episode of Sabrina the Animated Series last week because ah! I'm unemployed, not bored. <laughs> and this episode was about Chloe and Sabrina. Oh, my God. I was Sabrina. Oh, shit. Yeah. Chloe that's... and Sabrina were trying to fit into these jeans that, like, moth waif or waif moth wore and... And Sabrina sees like a, a picture in Harvey's locker about how it's like some skinny woman. And then at the end of the thing, he's like, I don't actually like, I think it's so weird when chicks try to make themselves skinny. I actually like normal girls. And I'm like, this is the wrong message to be sending. Holy like, shit. no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't base your style choices and body choices based on whether Harvey likes you or not. You should be like, I feel, I feel good in this and not. I should try to make myself to whatever Harvey wants me to be. This is a segue. I might cut this out. But no, yeah. that's, but that's, but that's, I mean, and and like that show is marketed at like, mm-hmm. you know, seven or eight year olds. I'm like, this is not good for, th- I was watching it. I was getting madder and madder as oh, I was watching no. it. Yeah. And that's just, it's, it's so, it comes up so often. And I, I think know. that why, that's why that one scene just stuck out to me yeah. so deeply, but yeah, moving on. Um, so yeah, that moment happened. And while Blair went to the bathroom, Really quickly, um, Serena runs to Dan. Dan's wearing a vest, a Geppetto, a Geppetto vest, as I he like to say. sucks. It, yeah. A stupid vest. Ugh, Geppetto vest. Yeah. And they're talking and, you know, flirty, like, yeah, let's not, let's hang out and not talk and blah, blah, blah. Not talk. Yeah. And Serena's like, yeah, totally. I'd love to do that. Let's hang out sometime. And then Blair comes back and there's a spark because Dan and Blair are meant to be meant to be um and otp 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 forever except for me and dan me and dan are awesome no me and pen i don't know this isn't real i'm sorry <laughs> i'm done uh, anyways blair comes out and like she's disgusted by this bathroom and she says it's called no lita not no showers <laughs> oh god blair you're so great so witty so witty you don't get nearly enough credit for your wit <laughs> chuck bass episode three yeah <laughs> Oh my god! But yeah, so they're all three of them are talking, and Blair um, cam, cam, comes back out when Serena's telling Dan about how it's their first time hanging out as friends, and Dan's kind of like, "Didn't that girl just like out you saying that you were off straw centers?" Like, yeah, but like we made up. Yeah, and there's layers. There's layers, and it's Dan kind of not really understanding girls, which is. Like his character, his character in general. Series. That's kind of like his like. It's a, it's it's a synop- his thing. Yeah, it's like a synopsis of his character in that moment. <laughs> Dan like, doesn't understand Dan women, girls, right? And it's like, yeah, he does. <laughs> like, why well, you have this fight? <laughs> why you have this? But, but like, seriously, like, why you have this fight with this girl? You understand that, like, yeah, but we, you know, we made up and we're we're working it through. What is what a relationship should be? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you have a fight, you have a big fight, but like that doesn't mean that it's over because you had a fight. You just work it out, and that's. A sign of maturity why and that's why women are better than men so there you go um that's the end of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> drop mic um <laughs> but um yeah so uh that was a nice little bookend to serena saying yeah let's go on a date we'll go to a movie we'll, we'll go out or something in the future so i just want to start over <laughs> with you so next back to the last weekend where uh nate and chuck are playing basketball and oh my gosh oh my god i know it's not fashion time right now but we have ooh, to discuss this we have to discuss this but like i'm gonna put a pin in that 
okay for fashion time but there is a fashion moment that is just it's the meme i think of anybody who thinks about chuck bass and his fashion choices that chuck is like bass. that is like the screenshot they use it's, it's this, so good it's this heinous outfit that he he's wearing all the headbands all the colors all the wristbands all Ugh, the jerseys so like, many you know things this person has never played basketball before so many things i don't even remember what the point of the scene was because i was too busy focusing on his outfit and how weird it was i, I know it was very distracting but yeah. I think that was a point because I feel like, oh, this is filler plot, filler plot. And we just have to have filler something. Plot. So we have to have something to distract the eyes. So we yeah. realize there's nothing actually being talked about. But it's more or less what was going on earlier in the in the episode where is uh, Chuck is still upset that Carter Bazin is still around and just like hanging out. He's like supposed to be like, I think, 19. Yeah, he's a little bit older. He's 19 or 20. Brother. And he's hanging out with a bunch of 16-year-old kids. And he's just like, yo, like, why are you hanging out with us? That's weird. Give a clue. Stop being weird. This is not your thing. You graduated already. You're an asshole because you did because you're giving up your birthright, and you know you're not allowed to play with us. Essentially, yeah, you can't play with us. Basically, so um, there's a lot of that, and also just Chuck feeling threatened because um, Nate is more enraptured with Carter and his life so life choices and it's kind of making chuck feel like my life choices are not good enough for yeah, you and you're my like best jealous. friend and he's just like um are you saying my life choices are bad you know because this guy you know doesn't have his shit together realize what good he has it you know like what about me so you know there's some there's some there's some animo- there's some animosity there's some intimidation going on and you know eventually chuck gets Carter to um, leave the premises, leave yeah. the basketball court. Yeah. So back to, back to Serena and Blair, um, they're hanging out with the mom and the Bendel's rep, who is a woman of color. Yes. POC watch. She was also in SVU. Oh my gosh, she was. She's like one of the main characters in SVU. She was the first, she was, the, like, she was like, a detective in the first season. Yeah. Yeah. I remember her. Oh my God. Duh. So many SVU. Okay. That's I think, so weird. I think we're going to like have like a tally of all the people who are on SVU. Yeah. So far we have Crosser. Eric and, um, and Leonard Wardorf. Oh yeah. And this Bendel's rep. And that's Bendel's rep. Crazy. So much. Yeah. So, um, they're like, we need a new face for your line. We need someone who's like you, but younger. And they're like, what up and Eleanor was like what about Blair and so Blair gets chosen to be the new face of the Bendel's line and because she's regal and she's like she's so adorable about this she's like so excited that her mom chose her and like she feels validated and like she how her mom sees her and she's like just it's so cute how she reacts to she's so happy it. because she's getting some like She's getting some re- um, some like positive reinforcement from her yeah. mother finally, and just like I'm actually being chosen over someone else. Yeah, and it's like it's I, my mom finally accepts me for who she like, noticed yeah. that I'm she a person. Noticed, yeah, and it's so beautiful, and it's, it's just so like, cute. and it's like hell yeah, like let Blair have a win, you know? Yeah, and so Blair's doing the modeling thing, and she's very stiff and very self conscious. Yeah, she's wants like, to be perfect, and she's really bad at it. And so then the photographer, who is a British white man, because photographer are always British and always men. pervy oh they're so gross um he starts talking with the bundles rep and he's like who chose this girl and <laughs> good British accent thank you and then the bundles rep says oh Eleanor did and it's your daughter yeah but she looks stunning in the clothes don't you agree? to my eye like a goddess to this eye bleh, like a statue this is retail it's not an editorial she needs to let go have fun loose enough has the climate to like the dress the model doesn't even like herself First of all, you look amazing. I know. <laughs> but look, can I give you a little tip? 
How did I know this was coming? No, no, look, all you need to do is maybe you could uh, loosen up a little, you know? Shake it up. <laughs> um, maybe you could be goofy, like when we were 10 and we would dance around a genie in a bottle in your mom's clothes. Help me. Help me. Um, okay, uh, act like a tiger, okay? Come on. <sighs> you got a horse. You're pretty alone this time, okay? You're Venus in the half shell, right? So just... Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, let's do something crazy, like Brittany with the umbrella, okay? Brittany with the umbrella, like, go! Posh Spice in America, ready, go! That's Cyborg Spice to you. <laughs> okay, you gotta pout more and strike. Remember I taught you the hand on the hip? Strike it and pop. Come on, give me more, give me more. You're sexy beast. Oh, it looks so good. You're doing so good. You got it. <laughs> Get a video. Pop, pop, pop. What are you doing? Oh, shoot. I gotta go meet Dan. No, you're staying here. I need you. I can't let my mother down. Um, then Dan calls Serena and he's like, hey, want to meet up? Or we were supposed to meet up at seven. Where are you? And she's like, I can't go because I'm hanging out with Blair and I can't bail on her. Which is a good friend moment. Thank you, Serena. Thank you for being a solid friend, Serena, because like while she could have like, you know, been hanging out with Dan, who she did promise, she broke her promise because her friend was in need. And I thought that was a good, mature moment for Serena. I loved it. Maybe maybe Serena's growing on me. I thought I hated her, but I don't think I hate her. Good. I mean, she has redeeming factors. I just don't think that she is the character that I wanted her to be not even that but like i don't necessarily find her her storylines that interesting as a character by herself like yeah. i think she's great with other characters yeah that's very but true. like i don't think that she's very interesting she's on her not the own. star of the show like she's not and i think that she is a great part of the ensemble mm-hmm. but like i think they want to make her such like because she is the star of the show mm-hmm. and star of the book series and then she is the kind of the character what gossip girls based around but I don't really find her that interesting when she's on her own doing her own things. I find her more interesting when she, when she interacts with other people. Exactly. And I think in this moment when she's with her best friend, Serene, um, Blair, she really shows maturity and shows that like, you know, she actually gives a shit. It's, it's really nice to see that. Like, it's nice to see them being friends and like, it's not her just like Serena does really want a relationship and she doesn't just ditch her best friend just because she like, she puts someone else in front of herself, which is kind of customary to her character even. And like mm-hmm. Blair doesn't usually do that. No, but Serena, like she values Blair's friendship and that's how like their relationship kind of is. Like Serena will, Serena will put Blair in front of herself a lot, but Blair doesn't always see that. And she still sees like the attention that Serena gets. She's so blinded is, by yeah. her own insecurities. Yeah. And so like, she's not as good of a friend to Serena as Serena is to Blair in this episode. But, um, they so Serena bails on Dan and Dan's like ah I'm in my baby. feels and they were gonna see like some like lame like foreign probably some movie. dumb movie it was probably like High School I'm kidding High School Musical three was great yeah exactly but, but it was probably some like really artsy fartsy um movie that Serena probably wouldn't even liked yeah it's something that he liked which I think it says a lot about Dan too is that he's like I'm gonna I'm gonna be the person that show you new interesting things and like I'm gonna put you in it's like that never really making a decision like Rufus being saying to Lily I think Dan would be really great for Serena I think he's the kind of boy that she needs right now yeah and it's like don't make right you don't know what her life is like so anyway I I just don't like the whole idea of like a a man defining a girl so um yeah any whoosies so um we go back to oh my god Beck Simon 
Beck Simon. Oh yes. Yeah. So Rufus is at the the gallery, which is something we never really talked about. Yeah. Um, Rufus owns a gallery. He owns a gallery because he makes money. Yeah, that's how he makes money. He, I guess, that's why he put his money in besides the kitchen of his own his loft. <laughs> and he's his, his giant kitchen. His giant kitchen. His studio apartment in Chicago. Right. Exactly. Um, he also has this art space in Brooklyn. Yeah. And so his wife Allison, or his sort of we don't really know the extent of rufus and allison's relationship still and she's she's an artist and she sells her stuff at rufus's gallery and so um they're kind of separated right now and rufus is in the gallery and this woman named beck simon which is such a great name superhero name yes um, she shows up and she like she's on assignment she's uh, buying things for her her uh, client her client she's an art dealer and she's looking around and she sees allison's um uh, painting and she didn't think that she'd find something that's interesting such great and then she wanted to put it on hold and she's also flirting <clears throat> a lot with rufus i'm beck simon that's how i flirt <laughs> i tell people my name is beck simon <laughs> it's a good it's it's a good it's a good lead off for sure because like first lie so <laughs> <laughs> it's great you're no one if you don't lie exactly um but also i love just the whole hudson being like it's only an hour away yeah, and it's like this mythical far away right. place. It's only an hour away from New York, but they act like it's 30 miles, uh, 30 hours away. It's not. It's it not. takes 45 minutes to get there. An hour in traffic. Yeah. So, like, not far at all. But they act like, oh, yeah, she's way up in Hudson. Like, way up. Okay. Calm nope. down. Yeah. So, yeah. Girl. Uh, so, <laughs> girl, please. Girl. Um, but, yeah, Roof is excited that um, there's a potential sale for his wife's uh, painting. Yeah. Maybe that'll make her come back. Who knows? <laughs> Baby, come back. You <laughs> can live it all on me. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so then we we go back for some reason to Chuck and Nate, and it's very boring, some sort of plot thing going on. Well, the Nate thing, says... Well, they're playing poker. Yeah. And, you know, Chuck thinks, yeah, we're, you know, we're rolling high, we're, like, spending money, and he thinks we're doing adulting things. Bills, yeah. But, like... You know, uh, uh, Carter Basin is waxing poetic about like how, like, yeah, you know, I go to this really, you know, uh, after hours place and then you do some real, it's real, gambling. real gambling. It's real gambling with like, you know, old timers. And it's like, you know, you realize, you know, where your balls are and shit like that. Kind of manning up and Chuck's like, look, whatever. And then like Nate has the best life lesson in this. And he says, they're keeping us numb so that we don't know it's better in the real world on money, drugs, and privilege. And just like, shut up, Nate. Oh, God. I think I wanted to slap a t- television at the point. I'm like, fuck you. you yeah. Don't, you know how good you have it. Hate rich kids trying to find themselves. <sighs> They're the worst. They're the fucking worst because it's like pointless. Like, why are you trying to find yourself? No one gives a shit about your feels mm-hmm. except for you. And it's just like, I don't know. Uh. I don't know. It's, it's, it's very disconcerting for me. So, um, Nate, of course, is very intrigued and very, like, you know, it's very hypnotic and he romanticizes this whole, like, ideal of being on your own and really, you know, having your own rules Mm -hmm. and doing whatever you want. And that's the thing is, like, with privilege and money, you get a license to do what you want. Already. Like, you have that freedom already because money gives you that freedom. Privilege gives you that freedom. He doesn't realize he's, he's he's contorting this thing. He's like, oh, you know, money is a prison and no. i think that was, that, that was and that was the kind of um 
message that Carter basically was trying to send Nate. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, money is a prison that you're in because you have to go by these rules. And I was like, no, not necessarily because money gives you the freedom to do what you want. Yeah. And like, you don't have to go to college if you don't want to. You have the freedom to go and chase your dream because you have all this access. And if, you know, you fail, you can always come back to mommy and daddy for your, um, for whatever, and they'll help you get out. I mean, like in rare cases, they like cut you off if you don't, you know. It's but, the Upper East Side. You rarely ever get cut off. And if right. you do, you come back in five months. You're exactly. Exactly. You'll be fine. Like, I'm sorry. I won't do drugs again. Okay, great. Here's your room back. Welcome home, Nate. Welcome home. So, yeah. So it's, it's very, it's very, um, very warped thinking that, you know, in order for you to, uh, get, uh, the freedom that you have to cut off from money that gives you freedom. Yeah. But Nate's, Nate's kind of convoluted in this sense because he's seeing like his, his life is being planned out for him is the opposite of freedom. Cause his dad's like, you need to do this, this, this like Blair Dartmouth. And there's all these school. conditions yeah of the money which you know it's 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 not it's not a prison it's just like not doing exactly what you want to do right and i think it's, that you know he's also 16 yeah so he feels like you know this is it for me and you know as being like a, when you're 16 like getting your like everything that you do like it feels like 25 is the end of your life and so like all this would happen before you're 25 and it feels like it's going to be the end of the world for him exactly so he feels like i'll never be able to recover at 25 you know <laughs> all my thing all, all my life choices have been made for me and i will be saddled off with this, with, with this like me i started watching gossip girl when i was 25 like calm down <laughs> and, yeah it's just like i don't know it's a lot and it you know, I, I can understand him feeling, you know, trapped, but also he's, you know, so he's so dissatisfied with his own life that he's taking advice from this kid, Carter Basin, who's also a child, only 20. He has no fucking yeah. shit from anything. But like Carter Basin has been cut off from his parents and it has like. And survived. Yeah. And like, so he has like the kind of freedom that Nate is seeking right now. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's why Nate's so attracted to that. Yeah. Um, lifestyle. It's very intoxicating for yeah. sure. So. Um, Carter invites Nate to this after hours uh, uh, poker event that's happening in Queens. Yeah, Queens. Oh, my God. And the only time they ever go to Queens in this entire series. <laughs> exactly. And so Nate's like, okay, interesting. And um, and then we cut back to yeah. the loft where Rufus and Dan are talking and Dan's complaining about Serena, about how she like didn't show up. And to blew him off and all that. And Rufus is telling Dan that he did a girl like Serena once. And then he separates women into two, two categories. categories because Dan always complains about Blair, how she's like a 95 year old, a 95 pound, you know, uh, embodied with all this privilege and like angry white girl shit. I don't know, but something, something terrible, something really f- fucked up, but not as fucked up as Rufus uh, categorizing women in two categories, Blair's, Blair's and, and Serena's. And it's like, really dude, like we're not, you know, we're more than just two archetypes. We're so much more than that. Yeah. Fuck you for putting us in boxes. I hate you, Rufus. Yeah, that was not great advice at all. Yeah. But so. he, he tells, he's telling Dan about when he dated Lily without using her name yet, obviously. But mm-hmm. he's like, Girls like Serena, they're complicated and enigmatic and usually worth it. <sighs> and you're just, putting, you're just putting the girl in a trope. And nope. it's like, don't do that. Don't, yeah. you, don't you saddle her with that label. We're not tropes. Serena sucks, but she is more than a trope. Totally. Uh, I mean, right. yeah. yeah. I mean, she is a trope because sadly this is a, 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 a already written character and she just kind of filled that void of like you know being a concept for a boy mm-hmm. especially a kind of boy like dan who doesn't know women 
Right. A manic pixie dream girl type. She's, she is exactly a manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. Yeah. And it's before that was, well, it's actually right around the time it was a phrase. When it was written originally, it wasn't a phrase, Mm-mm. but I think that it phrase. It was from Elizabethtown, right? Elizabethtown. Um, yeah. The, That's um, 2005? 2005, I believe. Yeah. yeah. The uh, uh, Cameron Crowe film. Yeah. Starring Christian Dunst oh and Alana uh, Bloom. Oh my God. No, no, no. It was uh, Garden State. No, no. It, the, the 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 phrase came from that movie because oh. it was um, Nathan. Um, I believe it's. I think it was Nathan. Ru- um, no, it was somebody else. But it was an AV Club writer. Yeah, he came up with that phrase when he reviewed Elizabeth Town. Oh, Elizabeth but there's Town. Oh, there's so many other characters and like the character Nellie Portman played in Ga- in, uh, oh my God, in Garden, Garden State. State. Yeah, I, I used to love die. that movie, and now I hate it now. Yep. But I still love the soundtrack. Um, the soundtrack is really good. Shins. It was, oh my <laughs> Shout God. Shout out to Shins. The, the 2004, that was the soundtrack. I have it on vinyl. Like, I love the fucking, I love the fucking album. It was so, it was so, like, calm and, like, It was very existential, and... 19, like, um, you know, um, having your quarter life crisis. Yeah. And, you know, I was not having my quarter life crisis. I was 16 when the album came out. So, like, I was like, ah, I uh, understand. Not quite. I can't, I can't wait to feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I digress. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really shitty to have, uh, you know, this father in some moment basically characterizing women as tropes and have it be. And that's why Dan doesn't know women for the entire series. Basically. And it's also just having, it's kind of like a pat on the back moment on a father like, yeah, son, you'll figure it out because girls are easy to classify. You can just put them in categories and it's like, do not teach your son that shit. It did not work for you, Rufus, because guess what? You're alone. So, um, in the last episode, we didn't talk about this, but Chuck has a line about women also. He says, women like to pretend they're complicated. I know better. Which, also annoying. Shut up. Shut up. Shut the Sh- fuck up. Shut up. Shut up. So, um. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. I love for both of you that. <laughs> we're, still, we're the best. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. So, the next episode, um, later on that night, uh, you have, um. Uh, Serena, Blair, and Team the Minions are hanging out in um, Blair's room and they're having fun because they're super excited about the next day Being and, the, and the, the, the big fashion show fashion shoot that's happening that next day and like yeah we're gonna have fun and you know protect and you know practicing poses and being sweet and girly and having fun and just like actually acting like six-year-old girls asking like best friends yeah and it's great and I love that I love it. it's really sweet because it's like a nice little like no, there's no animosity. Everybody's giggling and like and like laughing and it's being just like goofy. A nice friendship scene. I love it. I love it when Serena and Blair are friends. Me too. That's the best. I don't like it when they hate each other. I hate it when they hate each other. I love when they love each other. Mm-hmm. It's so nice. And I think there's a lot of really nice, sweet moments in this uh, episode just because of that um, dynamic is so rich and actually it's interesting to see two girls actually get along. Um, and then Blair, not Blair, um, Serena. Uh, gets a phone call from Dan. He asks her again on a date. They plan to meet at the photo shoot, have fun, have craft services. I'll be there. And it's um, it's cute. Blair makes fun of him, talks about Cabbage Patch and Cedric, which I love. That's continuing to be a running joke throughout the, through the, the past because few episodes. Because Jenny told um, Blair that Dan had a Cabbage Patch, patch named Cedric. Cedric. <laughs> and it's just great. And I love that she remembered that because Blair and Blair and, Blair and Dan. Meant to be. Meant to be. OTP, um, which actually rhymed. So um, to be OTP, the name of a nest single, everyone. Yeah, there's there's a scene that um, Eleanor. Yeah, so like um, that night, Eleanor is woken up by the Bendel's rep and the 
um, photographer and they're like, this girl's too stiff. We need someone else like Sabrina. And so then they tell the tear on the tell Eleanor that she has to, if she wants spindles that it's best if she goes with Serena. So off screen, you find out that Serena has contacted that she and um, she's going to be part of the photo shoot. And then the next day, um, Blair wakes up, excited for a photo shoot. She hasn't eaten anything. She comes downstairs and Eleanor tells her, hey, babe, uh, yeah, so we're, in, we're going in a different direction. Um, we found a different model. So, and Blair takes a little champ. She's like, okay, I understand. It's fine. I hate photo shoots. They're terrible. But you can also tell that, like, she's, she's devastated. Dis- she's disappointed. She's so sad that her mom did this. And she, like... She wanted it really badly. And then she calls Serena and she's like, hey, you know, let's let's go to the photo shoot anyway. Let's and crash it. Skinny bitches. Exactly. And and Blair shows up. And, and who there is Serena, Serena in a weird like silk flower dress. Looking like a before on what not to wear. <laughs> and taking dramatic photos. And Blair's like, are you fucking what kidding the hell? me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you serious? God damn it. And she storms off. Serena sees her and she's like, wait a minute, where are you going? We were and, supposed to do this together. And Blair's like, are you fucking kidding? I've been texting you. Didn't you realize like, where was I? When did you see me on the call sheet? Did you see me at all? And while this is going on, Dan is coming upstairs to meet Serena and he overhears their fight. And Blair is embarrassed when she finds out that Dan overheard everything and she storms off. And Serena is chased by Dan as she goes upstairs trying to remedy what's going on. So Dan's like, you know, a typical Dan is oblivious to like what really, what uh, I don't understand women. Aren't you guys all the same? Brad Bates also like, you know, why are you upset? You know, Blair has an, has a point and she was like, well, I thought we were doing this together. I didn't know what was going on. I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. And she's trying to like, she's changing clothes while Dan's like on the other side of like the, it's partition. a silhouette of her changing her clothes. So it's sexy, it's I guess. Disturbing. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. Um, like but- who's watching this show? Seven-year-olds? They don't need to see this. <laughs> exactly. But also and I us. love that she uses part of the shirt as a top. Yeah, the same thing that she was wearing. And like, isn't that like not yours? So yeah, like- <laughs> you're stealing. You're stealing from this photo shoot. Basically. It's okay. She's Serena. She can get away with anything. She can wear it. It'd be good for her. It'd be a free advertisement. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there is... Uh, that weird moment between her and Dan just because Dan kind of sees that Blair's upset and kind of like understands what's going on. He's like, uh, yeah, I was kind of shitty what you did, Serena and kind of calls her out. And Serena feels like upset because she doesn't really take, she doesn't take blame for what she did. Kind of just like, I don't know. She's very defensive. Yeah. About what happened. So Dan goes, follows Blair because they're meant to be. But it's also, this is also the first scene with just the two of them oh it's so romantic and they're in a hallway they're both sitting on the ground it's and they have some of the poses actually and they talk about um dan opens up about his mother talk about like how um, his mother left over the summer and she hasn't been back and how he hasn't been able to get the courage enough to um tell her or ask her why she hasn't just, you know, officially left. Why does she go and hasn't really approached his mother in that way? And it's really interesting because, you know, this guy is being vulnerable with with Blair. And they're kind of like... They don't know each other. And Blair basically hates Dan. And he basically hates her. She loves him. 
<laughs> and he loves her. Exactly. They're, They're obsessed no- with each other. <laughs> they just they just don't know it yet. Yeah. But it's it's a nice scene between these two characters because and again, um, as the series goes on, you see these characters in different dynamics. Yeah. And there's a different pairing. There's the first time you've seen these pairing together and show this interesting dynamic because these are two people who are you know, polar opposites. You have someone who's completely and totally Upper East Side, who loves her privilege, that is a social climber that constantly wants to be higher and higher and higher, more respect. Whereas Dan is a total outsider and secretly wants that, you know, be able to get into like the circles with like Dartmouth and all the other things. And it's always going to be on the outside. So it's, it's an interesting dynamic to see those two characters kind of have this um, symbiotic um, placement in their way they're dealing with their own emotions yeah like their their situations are juxtaposed but like their emotions are similar for sure so um really interesting scene sweet it is sweet and eventually um dan gets blair to make amends with serena they apologize and our best friends again and our best friends again so that was a nice resolve. Thing. Now back on the ranch, uh, you got <laughs> <laughs> you got uh, you got uh, Nate. He hangs out with Carter Bazin playing poker. Playing poker. They've been playing poker the entire night in Queens. Very boring. To like we hours in the morning, and we don't know who these poker people are, but they're really old. They're like far. They're like older. mob bosses. Yeah, like here, like you like, know, they like working like meat, <laughs> and like. <laughs> Quote unquote meat, <laughs> meat packing. You know they probably work in like fruit reproduction shit like that. They've like they definitely were, murdered people. You know they have. Like, people have been like you know lost in the lake shit like that. Like they're responsible. Like it's very yeah. like you know very very like stock characters of you know New Jersey Queens New York vibe going on and carter basin gives looks to these other players because he's in cahoots because he's in cahoots and because he doesn't have money and he basically cons um nate into betting way higher than he should have and, and like loses- more higher than nate's comfortable with even exactly and he loses 10 grand and carter's like oh you got just make a phone call you've got it's it fine. and Nate's like, I don't have that kind of money. He's like, of course you do trust fund. You know, you got it. Just come up, just do it. And Nate's like, are you fucking kidding me? You, you set me up. And, you know, Nate's He's a damsel in distress. Yep. And who saved the day? But <gasps> Chuck, Chuck Bass. Bass. And Chuck, in a, in a turn of events, turns out to be the good person in the situation. So heroic. So heroic. And, and it's like, wait a minute. Chuck is not a total terrible human being, but he gives a shit about his friends. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Yeah, you know, yeah, Chuck has questionable motives. Yeah, he's kind of a creep and a sly motherfucker. But he's changing. He's growing as a human being. But he does, does, loves, loves, he loves his friend. And and Nate is one, if only his friend, like his His only friend. friend. His best friend, but probably his only friend, too. Yeah. So it's a really great moment in their friendship where you see that, like, Blair. He'll do anything for him. Yeah, that um, Chuck has his back. And, um, you also find out that Carter Basin stole from Chuck. He took his watch his, and his um his Yankees um, yeah. his Yankees baseball and it's also what tipped him off finding out that um that Carter was trying to pull um pull a rug underneath Nate and try to get more money out of him because again he got cut off and you know brothers got to eat money. I guess brothers got to eat. We also find out in this moment that Nate doesn't have any money. 
and his account he tries to pay up and his account's been cleaned out and since he doesn't have any money chuck saves him by giving carter to the watch which is worth like a zillion dollars mm-hmm. and we don't know why nate doesn't have money and that's kind of like suspicious and mysterious and we'll discuss that later indeed but it's like when it's it, but that all this terrible subplot is to eventually realize that like oh Nate shit because no what well, well actually what happened was is that um um chuck said yeah you can like pay off whatever debt he has with the card and the watch and then nate wanted to pay chuck back for the ten thousand dollars and he went to his account to try to um to move their accounts and chuck's like don't worry about it man like it's fine we're friends friends. you'll give me next time you'll give me next time it's fine like because you know typically whatever it's fine and nate's like no i want to pay my debts because lenders always pay his debts um Uh, that was Archibald. a Game of Thrones. That was a Game of Thrones reference. Anyway. I don't understand that. I don't watch it. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> but he went to his account and realized that it was completely cleaned out. Where low key, it was, it was like a hundred thousand dollars in that account. Can we talk about that for a second? Oh, I thought it was zero. No, no, no. There was a hundred thousand dollars. That's what I'm telling you. There was a hundred thousand oh, dollars. Yeah, in his account. Which is crazy. That is a stupid amount of money. Crazy. Like, can you imagine? Hundred thousand dollars just you know just casually laying in your bank account. Hey, I have a hundred thousand dollars in my bank account. Like I can't even I can't even think about that. Like, I mean, I'm happy we have a hundred thousand, a hundred dollars in my bank account. <laughs> like, real talk, I'm super like jazzed. Like, Hell yeah, I got a hundred bucks in my bank account. Whoop whoop. But a hundred thousand, that's just unbelievable to me. Yeah. So, any stray observations? Um, Eleanor was a bad mother. She her rationale of um, picking Serena over Blair was that there was no time to find a new model when New York City is full of models who would fit the same bill as exactly. Serena. Exactly. And then she's her so best many. friend. And she's like trying to guilt Blair. And she's like, oh, I'm not going to get this Bendel's thing unless Serena does this for me. But like, no, there are different people. You don't have to pick your daughter's best friend. Totally. And I think the show and the episode ended on a really beautiful note because um, Serena and Blair, they stole all of, their, uh, all of Eleanor's clothes and they go on a fashion oh, shoot so in on the park. They wear similar dresses and they're just being best friends, being goofy, taking photos and having a generally decent time with each other. And it's just like this most beautiful moment. I love it. It's so cute. It's so cute. And again, when Blair and Serena are friends and happy, it's such a more interesting show to watch than when they're fighting. Yeah, it's like it's nice when they plot together. Totally, I love when they plot together. That's I one, know. That's one I of love my it when it's like when it's like the us, against, us, us against the world. Yeah, yeah love, I love it. that. So great, and it's just and it's, it's it's beautiful, and they need to do more of that in this series. And uh, I don't know, it's just my favorite episode to speak up so far in the recaps because it's just a beautiful beautiful moment between two friends and it's you know girl power all that good stuff yeah and self and self you know dignity and you know having better self-esteem for yourself and actually loving yourself and it's their uh, dresses so oh, great fashion. so great absolutely okay. so yeah we can talk about fashion actually fashion fashion so um so what we were alluding to earlier with chuck's jersey oh my god he had the best jersey ever it was like sky blue and it had all these crowns on it printed on it and it had um, yellow. I believe it's. I believe the 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 label was Daddy D A D D Y, and it was initial. It was like a an acronym. I can't remember what the acronym was for, but it was like very. Don't <sighs> ask, Dad, <laughs> Dad. <you. laughs> I'll cut that out. Yeah, that's terrible. Um, but it's um, it was like crown. Like I remember there was um, shoes, 
with that crown on it. They're like kind of like baby fat, but it was more. It was very popular in the black community. So it was another reason why that was such a funny like fashion <laughs> choice. And my brother, what are you doing? Like, homie, that's not for you. Your it's nice British white. Yeah, man. it was very much like you know, like Nietzsche or Echo or um, Baby Fat or Fat Farm. It was very much in that label mm-hmm. of um, collective black clothing. So like for him to wear that outfit was just like brother. But like I mean, also I need that jersey. I need it to be part of my daily. Totally, I bought that shit with that address. Yeah, in a yeah. Oh my god, I would wear it all the time. Same. So good. Um, what other great fashion? Oh, so Serena at the beginning of the show was wearing. The worst outfit. Such a bad outfit. It was a mustard tank top and mustard cowboy boots. Oh, gosh. A denim halter vest Mm. and gray pants. Just so many things. And she had, like, a bunch of pins on her vest, too. I'm like, no. Eleanor's thing, you have such great personal style. No, wrong. Where? (laughs) Where Where is it? Please, please show me this personal style. style. Is it still in her closet? Because it's not on her body. (laughs) Oh, Serena. No. You try so hard, no. girl. Yeah. Try Their so hard. outfits. So Serena and Blair were like matching outfits, like these dresses that were really similar to each other, but different colors at the end when they were doing their photo shoot. And they're beautiful. And they were so nice. It was so nice to see them like dress the same. And the outfits were great. I loved the outfits. So much. And they were cute little so belts. Cute. Very oh nice. Oh my God, I loved it. Very it was nice. like, it was really cool. I liked what the belt did because like the, the backs of the dresses were like cut pretty low mm-hmm. and the belts were at their natural waist and there was like little space between the belt and the dress and just, it was it color blocking cool. it was it great was cool it was great because there was also like off colors too so it was color blocking involved yeah and that was very like very fashion forward because color blocking was a thing until a little later on so it was very nice Finally, i really enjoyed it gossip girl being fashion indeed um great stuff um musical moments um there was not many um key musical moments but at the end of the episode the beautiful fashion moment was to sean kingston beautiful girls beautiful girls oh my god such a such a wonderful throwaway song from oh my like two thousand. That song was stuck in our head all day. Totally, oh. all day. We went out for cupcakes after that, and we were still singing. It yes. was crazy. Because we're beautiful girls. We eat cupcakes on Sunday nights. It's awesome. Yep. Be jealous. Yes, we're the best. Um, I don't. Were there any other songs besides that? Nothing that really stuck out for me. I don't think. Okay. Um. um so there's some great um throat or clapback. What was the clapback? trust friend for fanny pack um no i think the moment um when uh blair and her mother had our showdown Mm -hmm. and how like i hope you i hope you never do recover i hope you but that whole moment was oh of like her telling her mom like don't put your business before me yeah and i was so great because it was like it was a moment where blair really stood up for herself Mm -hmm. and um it's something that she hadn't done before and even when like even with Serena stuff, she stood up for herself because I think she feels a little, she has a little more footing in the relationship with Serena, but it also definitely stems from her lack of a relationship with her mother, who is her really only family member mm-hmm. that she has close, um, close relationship with her. Like she has a very close relationship with her father. You learn later on, but he's not around. He's in Paris. And so with his lover, <laughs> exactly. And it's just a nice it's nice to see that dynamic, but also see um, Blair stand up for herself in a way that she really hasn't before. It was really nice. So definitely favorite clapback of the episode. Um, I have fa- some technology moments. Oh, great. And so. I also have a, and um, yeah, the girl moment we already discussed with, um, with Serena and her personal, her personal no, style. Her personal style is the worst. Girl. 
Yeah. So um, when I think this is when Bex is at the gallery, she is taking pictures of things or something like that. And she pulls out a Nikon digital camera. Yes, it was so small. People don't use phones in 2007 to take pictures of things. Yes. People use digital cameras separate from their flip phones or sidekicks. And it's so and it's so sweet. And it's also like that weird sweet spot where like camera phones were around but not really. Yeah, they were like they were shit. They were still really really bad quality. And it was it was so like oh my gosh, I used to have one of those. Exactly. Everyone had a little digital camera. Even you got one from like you know Walmart for like fifty dollars. Yeah. Everyone had a digital camera. Um, There's another sort of technology moment where Chuck is texting Nate when he's at the the poker game. And he texted, we got to talk. Where letter R, the letter U. It's like, oh, my God, T9. He's using he's definitely using T9 to type that. Oh, T9. I remember. They had like CMS and CMS. um, uh, SMS. Yeah, SMS. SMS There was like there was this thing in like 2007 time when they had these keyboards that were just T9 that you could attach to your computer, like your, their desktop computer, because teens were able to type in T9 so much faster than they could type on regular keyboards. Oh my God. It was crazy. Oh my God. I love that. That's yeah. So funny. Oh man. Any other low tech? Um, nope. Low tech, low tech. Um, low tech, low tech. <laughs> um, I think it's time to read the episode. Yeah. I would give this episode a nine. I really liked it. Like, it was, I liked, well, I mean, I guess maybe I would give it an eight because of the B plot being so boring. Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm at an eight too yeah. for this episode. Like, I loved, I loved the Blair and Serena storyline, but the B plot was so boring. So boring. It and was so the payoff, the payoff really did validate, uh, didn't, um, no. it didn't really. Um, you could have done this another way by Nate being like, I have to get money from the ATM. Not, I have to have this whole buildup with Carter Pazin. Yeah, but also I think it was also just a way for um, them to be a little more decadent and a way for them to show, like, they have no rules on the the upper uh, weekend. The last weekend. So they, and I think they also wanted to have something for Chuck to do. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like his character, again, like with the book series, he had such little involvement with most of the main story plots. Mm -hmm. And so for them on the show, they had to integrate Chuck in a way where he seems like a valuable character and something worth talking about. So they're putting him with all these other characters and trying to find a way to make this character into something else. And I think largely because the the actor that um, plays Chuck, Ed Woodwick, Westwick, is actually a really good actor. He is. He's also British. He's also British. But he, he does an American accent. That's why he talks in such an affected way. And very slow and very intentional way. I'm Chuck Bass. Bass. But yeah, and I think they saw that this is a really, this is a talent. And to separate themselves from the book series, Yeah. they um, had to make the distinction. But yeah, this is definitely like a service to that that actor and just to make that character flash out a little bit more because he is such a archetype in the way that he is, you know, your disaffected rich boy. Yeah. And his, like his character, like he has a lot of character development throughout the series. Mm -hmm. And we'll find out. Exactly. And I think this was definitely the the step in the right direction because he shows depth because while he is creepy and rapey to women, he got his bros back. He loves his friends. And, you know, in later in the season and in the series, you see that he has layers and is willing to um, yeah. be better. do anything for his friends. Exactly. Yeah. I have another stray observation mm-hmm. or a quote. Um, when Serena is trying to teach Blair how to be a model, Serena says, 
do posh spice in America? And Blair goes, that's cyborg spice to you. 